Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and X-Zone Broadcast Network. Visit our website at www.xzoneradiotv.com. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. I've got to email that to the guy that does my thing and he'll put he'll put it up on my website. That whole thing, yeah, you'll email it too. Good man. Yeah. And welcome yeah, to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross this time-space continuum that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And the Exxon is heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. Right here, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, and Star Cable, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. Now, Exonation, if you'd like to give a call, 1-800-610-7035. Email is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this first hour of tonight's show for Friday, April the 23rd, is Sam Cutler. Now, Sam Cutler has written a, a book that, that has to be read. It's entitled, You Can't Always Get What You Want, My Life with the Rolling Stones, the Grateful Dead, and Other Wonderful Reprobates. Um, now, Sam was the tour manager for the Rolling Stones for their 1969 tour, which included the infamous concert at Altamont, where a man was murdered by a Hells Angels in front of the stage while the Stones played on. 
Now, after the show exonation, Sam was left behind to make peace with the Hells Angels, the various mobsters, and organizations who had taken overt interest in the event, and the people of America. There has never been an official investigation into the events at Altamont, and those uh, involved have never before spoken on record. Sam has decided that it's time to put the rest uh, to rest the myths, the legends, that have uh, grown up around this infamous event in rock history and for the first time reveal the truth. Now, Sam survived Altamont and went on to live the ultimate rock and roll dream, becoming the tour manager of the Grateful Dead, who eventually became the world's most successful live act. Now, this is also his account of the high times he had with them along the way uh, drawing an intimate pro- uh, portraits of other stars of the psychedelic circus. That was the music way back in the 60s and 70s, including Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, the band, the Allman Brothers, Pink Floyd, and Eric Clapton. Exonation. There's a website to check out, www.samcutler.com. That's www.samcutler.com. I'll be back in two minutes from now with my very special guest of this hour, Sam Altman. As I'm sorry, Sam Cutler. Jeez, where am I today? Sam Cutler. We're going to be talking about You Can't Always Get What You Want, My Life with the Rolling Stones, the Grateful Dead, and Other Wonderful Reprobates. Once again, his website is www.samcutler.com. This is the Exxon Radio Show on the Talk Star Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, and Star Cable. The X Chronicles newspaper for April 2010 has been officially released on our websites. Now, if you'd like to get a copy of the X Chronicles newspaper, it's 100% free, thanks to the advertisers that we have in it. Send me an email, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. That's w, uh, just uh, send the email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. Sam Cutler is my guest when I come back in two minutes. We're right here, live and around the world. In the X-Zone from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away, X-Zone Nation. This is going to be an hour that you will never forget. In fact, while we're on this break, call your friends. Email them, Twitter them, Facebook them. Do whatever you can. Sam Cutler, coming up next on the other side of this break, here in the X-Zone. have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in this is your sign to thank them and if you're that friend this is us saying thank you now get a sausage McMuffin sausage biscuit sausage burrito or hash browns choose two for $2.50 enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2 price of participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal single item at regular price We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2.00. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Remember those days, Exo Nation? Brings me back yeah. to my youth. Jeez. You know, and, and we are so happy to have uh, the the one of the guys who was behind the scenes of the two of the greatest groups in history, the Rolling Stones and, of course, the Grateful Dead. My guest this hour, Exo Nation, is Sam Cutler. And uh, Sam has written a book called You Can't Always Get What You Want, My Life with the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead and Other Wonderful Reprobates. And Sam Cutler, welcome to the Exxon. Thank you. Good to be here. Like Keith says, you know, Keith Richards, you says, good to be here. Good to be anywhere. And it's great to be in the Exxons. Hi, everybody. Hey, from S- Africa to, uh, to France, from England to Canada. Hi, everyone. Tell, tell me, Keith, uh, Keith, you've got me thinking about Keith right now. Uh, tell me, Sam, what was it like? You know, how did you get involved with the Rolling Stones? Well, it was a series of happy coincidences, really. I, I did a concert in London, a free concert in Hyde Park, which is a big park mm-hmm. like Central Park in New York for the Rolling Stones. Half a million people came to it. The Rolling Stones loved it. And uh, they asked me basically to uh, look after the, the guys, the musicians on the 1969 tour. So that's how I, it all began. When you were working with the Rolling Stones, were, were they a hard bunch of guys to, to take care of? Were they high maintenance? Well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of pressure involved, but actually, individually, the Rolling Stones are nice guys to work for. Very civilized, very British. It's all please and thank you, and would you mind? And let's have a cup of tea, darling. No, they were very nice, great <laughs> guys to work for, and uh, yeah, I love them to this day. Tell me, uh, Sam... Um going back in time and looking at the concerts that you've done, looking at the people that you've met, looking at the the incident that happened at Altamont, uh, did you ever think as you were growing up as a little boy that this was going to be your life? Well, no, I mean, I never did. But, I mean, when I was a little boy, I was, you know, I had wonderful fantasies about what I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I was very young when I first thought that I wanted to be involved in the music business. But, of course, you know, you start out on a journey, who knows where you'll end up, you know, which particular destinations you'll arrive at and depart from. So I've had a magic time. It's been uh, quite extraordinary, you know. It's been a great life. And, uh yeah, I always tell people if I drop dead tomorrow, I drop dead happy. So, yeah, I've been uh, grateful for all the things that have happened, good and bad. I don't look at things in good mm-hmm. and bad terms anyway. It's just all been a wonderful experience, basically. And uh, I live to tell the tale, live to write a book about it, live to uh, record an app. It's uh, available on iPhone. People can listen on iPhone to the app. 
uh, that which is me reading the whole book and some wonderful videos and film film clips and uh, some rare photographs. I've had a great life. Sam, why did you decide to write your book now? I thought it was the right time. You know, I think a lot of nonsense has been talked about mm-hmm. in the 60s. There's not, certainly more nonsense being written about the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead than most bands. And uh, I thought it'd be good to redress the balance, you know, have my own little say and uh, time seemed right, you know. For our listeners who may be younger than you and I, give them yeah. an idea what was it, what it was like back in the 60s. In 70s. Well, you know, I, this is what I always tell people, you know, young people, and I've got I've got two young sons, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old, each generation that comes down the, the, the line, you know, don't inherit freedom. What you do is you, you define freedom, you redefine freedom for mm-hmm. your generation. So the 60s was a period where people were looking at what constituted personal freedom, societal freedoms. And uh, we're, we're redefining it, you know, in their own way. So it was a very, very magic time to be alive. And uh, there were a lot of challenging things going on, not least of which was the whole underground hippie scene, you know. And uh, it was an amazing time. And we developed freedoms as we saw them. In the, the, and some of those things that we developed have entered the public kind of consciousness, as it were. I think all of the green movement that now exists, the idea, you know, yep. that we should look after the planet. It's our planet and we're guests here. That evolved from the, the the consciousness that the youth of my period, you know, of the 60s, developed. And, uh, yeah, youth today, they're doing it in their own way. And uh, I think they'll get, a, they'll get a lot from my book in terms of uh, understanding what it was like to be young and to be alive and uh, be vibrant and uh, caring about the planet. You know, I've, I've always said that the hippies had the right idea. The timing was a little off. But people now in the year 2010, looking back 40 years ago, they're, they're saying, you know what? It started back then. They had the right idea. Make love, not war. Everybody's talking about positive vibrations these days. Back then, we were talking about good vibrations. Uh, and, you know, flowers taking care of Mother Earth, the ecology, it was all there in front of us. And, Sam, can you imagine... How far ahead we would have been if we would have started the movement that we have now back then? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think that, you know, it's, it's sometimes people sneer about mm-hmm. those things. But the simple verities, the simple truths remain true today. War is not healthy for living beings, you know what I mean? It's yep. like, hey, we don't want wars, we need to love one another, you know. I mean, I know these are all very kind of airy, fairy sentiments, but they're true, you know. John right. Lennon used to sing, All You Need Is Love. Yep. It's still true to this day. You know, I mean, if you're a Christian, Jesus' message was a message of peace and love. You know, I mean, I happen to be a Buddhist. But the Buddha the Buddha always said that violence is no solution to anything. It only, you know, begets more violence. We need a peaceful world in which we can raise our children, in which we can be young people. We don't want to send our young, young men and women off to war if we can possibly help it. You know, we need a planet that's not being poisoned by our activities. All these truths were true in the 1960s, and they're true in the year 2010. So, uh, yeah, we've got a lot. You know, the generations have a lot that we can share with one another. And I think we've got a unique situation here, mm-hmm. you know. Young people today, their grandparents were, were confronting the same issues that young people today confront. And for the first time, maybe in uh, in many generations, Young people can uh, talk to grandparents who got high and got by. You know what I mean? It's a different situation for them. And uh, there's a lot we can share. 
XO Nation, Sam Cutler is our very special guest. He's the author of You Can't Always Get What You Want, My Life with the Rolling Stones, The Grateful Dead, and Other Wonderful Reprobates. His uh, website is www.samcutler.com. That's www.samcutler.com. Sam, what was it like that, that fateful day in Altamont where, where you had a member of the Hells Angels kill someone right in front of the stage? Well, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, it was just dreadful. There was absolutely, if ever there was a con, a, uh, an example of how not to organize a concert, then Altamont stands, you know, as the pinnacle of how not to do things. Altamont was organized from the offices of the Grateful Dead, the Grateful Dead, the Santana, Jefferson Airplane, and right. Chris and Nash, four famous West Coast bands, wanted to play with the Grateful Dead. This was, you know, a beautiful idea initially that just went horribly wrong. It was organized by hippies who didn't have a clue about what they were doing. And people from the Rolling Stones, like I arrived in California like four days before the event. So we were really guests at somebody else's show. And when it all went pear-shaped, of course, it, it morphed into being the Rolling Stones free concert mm-hmm. at Altamont. Nobody ever said the Grateful Dead, Jefferson Airplane, Santana, Cosby, Stills and Nash free concert at Altamont. It was always the Rolling Stones. But in essence, you know, we were involved, so you have to take you have to take credit for the things that go wrong just as much as you have to take credit for the things that go go right, you know. So this was a this was absolutely terrible. And uh, you know, to ask musicians to play in mm. an environment where the violence was just unbelievable it was a great stress for the musicians and uh, I'm sure the Rolling Stones, you know, I mean, for 40 years, they've just wanted to forget about it and, you know, let it go away. It just was a nightmare for them, and it was a nightmare for everyone else that was involved. But when the going gets tough, the tough get going. We had to deal with it, and we did deal with it as best we could. It seems, though, Sam, from what I read in your your book, uh, you know, Can't Always Get What You Want, that that you were basically the one who had to calm all the waters. Now, Now, why didn't somebody else step up to the plate. You know, I'm not saying that you did the wrong thing. Yeah. I'm just wondering why you, you were left well, there to do me? all that. You know what I mean? As I say, when the tough get if going gets tough, the tough get going. You know, mm-hmm. all the people that actually organized out right. of that were physically involved in it, were nowhere to be seen mm, when, uh, if I may use the words, hit the fan. Yeah. They just like, melted into the woodwork. You know, they weren't around then. Somebody had to stand up and say, hey, you know what I mean? And exactly. I was the guy. Sometimes, you know, that's what happens in life. Sometimes in life, you're on your own all of a sudden, even in the middle of 300,000 people, you're the guy that's got to do something. And that's when we uh, we find out what kind of character you are, don't we? That's when we find out what kind of person yeah. you are, you know, whether you're prepared to step up to the plate and deal with mm-hmm. Everybody's more than happy to deal with the, the glory. Right. Sometimes you have to deal with you know, so mm-hmm. I, you know, I did my best. What can you do? I'm, you know, I mean, man, I'm not. I don't consider myself some brave and valiant character. I'm just a normal human being. But in the circumstances, I did what I thought was right. You know, and that's what yeah. we have to do. So when it was all over and the Rolling went back to Europe, I stayed in America because I felt somebody from the Rolling Stones should be around to talk about this and to show that the Rolling Stones cared about it. You know what I mean? That we were just, you know sticking them with the shit and splitting, you know what I mean? We did care about this. We cared about the fact somebody had been hurt. We cared about the fact that loads of fans had had a terrible, traumatic time. Mm -hmm. I wanted, you know, I wanted to deal with that, so I stayed behind to deal with it. And, yeah, that's what you have to do. 
in this life, uh, you've got to do things that aren't necessarily always pleasant, but you've got to take care of your responsibilities, whether you're young or you're old. So that's what we did. All right, Sam, stand by. You and I have to take our commercial break at the bottom of the hour with the news. We'll be right back. Exo Nation, our very special guest this hour is Sam Cutler. He's got a new book out. It's called You Can't Always Get What You Want, My Life with the Rolling Stones, The Grateful Dead, and Other Wonderful uh, Reprobates. www.samcutler.com is his website, and uh, Sam and I will be back on the other side of this news break as the Exxon continues. Live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, and of course, Star Cable. We'll be right back. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, this is Ken Elliott. When I'm floating around the universe, I always try to tune in to Rob McConnell. Hey, hold there, Trinity Frog on Sesame Street. When I want to find out what's going on with UFOs or ghosts, I listen to the X-Zone with Rob McConnell. This is Les Corrigan from Target Internet Development. You're listening to Rob McConnell on the X-Zone radio show. This is John Hogue, Prophecy Scholar, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Nation. Sam Cutler is my special guest this hour. His new book is out. It's called You Can't Always Get What You Want. His website is www.samcutler.com. That's www.samcutler.com. Sam has been at the center of some of the most exciting developments in the music industry and has worked with a, two of the largest grossing live artists in the world, the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead. Sam now lives and works in Australia with a particular interest in Australian and New Zealand artists. He blogs regularly on his site, so once again, here it is, www.samcutler.com. Sam, before we went to the commercial break with the news, we were talking about the events at Altamont. And uh, why wasn't there any official investigation into the events? Well, I mean, this is one of the great mysteries, isn't it? You know, I mean, four people died. Yeah. Hundreds of people went to hospital. You would have thought that the, the authorities would have investigated uh, you know, what happened. But there was nothing. 
Nothing whatsoever. Very, very strange. Now, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you could come up with all kinds of reasons sure. why that was the case. But they never did investigate it. And uh, I, you know, I mean, I have my own theories about it, but I think one of the reasons why they didn't investigate it was because the cops at Altamont, and there were plenty of them there from the FBI up or down, local police, FBI, goodness knows who else, mm-hmm. they did nothing. In the face of all this, you know, lawlessness and criminality and, and crime, nothing was done by police. All the police did was tow, tow away cars. So it's a very strange situation. Why the police did nothing is, uh, you know, again, is a, is a huge question that people could ask themselves, but a very strange set of circumstances all around. You've worked with some of the greats in the industry, uh, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Pink Floyd's uh, frontman Sid Barrett. And that's just to name a few. Sitting sitting back, having a nice brew somewhere on an Australian beach, probably Foster's. When you look back, <laughs> you know I, I can just see you with, sitting there with a big smile on your face. What was the pinnacle of your career? Um, well, there were some great moments. You know, one of the, for sure, some of the greatest shows I ever saw were the Rolling Stones, for example, at Madison Square Garden. Mm. But I could equally say, having the Grateful Dead at Madison Square Garden is the first time the Grateful Dead ever ever hit the garden. That was uh, that was a pretty high old moment too. The Grateful Dead playing with the band at Roosevelt Stadium in New Jersey was a very memorable moment. I think if I had to say the one most memorable moment in my life which is a hard one to call. I have to say it was the Grateful Dead, the band, and the Allman Brothers at Watkins Glen, the Grand Prix site in upstate New York, which had 760,000 people paid admission, which is still to this day the largest single rock and roll box office in the history of the music industry. And the music was just so far out, the the crowd was so far out, the whole organisation of it was so mm-hmm. good. Everyone got fed, everyone had water, everyone had toilets if they wanted to go to the toilet. That was probably the single most memorable gig that I've ever been at. What can you tell me, Sam, about something that's known about as the Winnipeg Express? Well, I guess referring to a train trip that we did across Canada in the 1970s. Am mm-hmm. I correct? Yes, you are. Well, uh, a wonderful guy. He's now, you know, in his 60s, like all of us, us, us old geezers. <laughs> a wonderful guy called Thor Eaton put the money up for a kind of rock and roll fantasy, I guess you'd have to say, which was to hire a Canadian Pacific train, a beautiful mm-hmm. train, a whole train, and run this train from Toronto to um, Vancouver was the original plan, and to, to stop along the way doing concerts in football stadiums. And the lineup of artists on this tour were just unbelievable. It was the Grateful Dead, the band, Janis Joplin, uh, Elephant's Memory, Ian and Silver Tyson, wow. um, the New Rise of Purple Sage, Elephant's Memory, Buddy Guy. Uh, Shanana, I can't remember who else, but it was just an extraordinary group of musicians. And the idea was to go right across Canada, and uh, it was just an unbelievable party and amazing, amazing uh, uh, couple of weeks. And um, yeah, it, it features in the film. A film came out of DVD called mm-hmm. Festival of Brass, which has got some memorable footage of some very drunk and out of it artists playing together, Janice Garcia. <laughs> Rick Danko from the from the band, 
It was just a wonderful, wonderful party. And to this day, all the musicians, when they're asked what was one of their greatest experiences, they always make the reference to being in Canada. I, it featured large in my book because it was a very, very happy time for me. And I actually personally counted every tree from um, Toronto to Calgary. I can assure you and all your Canadian listeners will know this. There's a lot of trees in Canada, boy. There sure are. Man, forests that go on forever. We had such a wonderful time. Brilliant. It was brilliant. Do you think that the events of Altamont had a positive effect on the way concerts are conducted these days? Well, I think absolutely. You know what I mean? I mean, like, mm -hmm. the music industry was created by the people who did it. You know, we didn't go to university to learn how to do yeah. this stuff. That's that. You know, there was no way that you could, there was no courses or anything that you could go to to find out how to be a tour manager, a production manager, a stage manager, whatever, you know. This got kind of designed as we were doing. And, of course, you know, Alton was such a disaster. It should be taught in every university in the world. This is, as you know an example of how not to do it and mm -hmm. uh, Watkins Glen should be taught, taught as an example of how to do it. Nowadays, you know, I mean, people know about security, they know about the height of the stage, they know about how many toilets you need, how much water you need for how many hundreds of thousands of people, they know about food, all these things are known about. So yeah, the industry developed and uh, learned just in the same way as I always tell people, the aviation industry. Yeah, now we've got and companies like that and we can put people on the moon but you know if you go back a hundred years to the Wright brothers right people didn't even know how to fly yeah, that's right uh, they learned how to fly and a few people lost their lives uh, learning how to fly and eventually they learned how to build an air build an airplane and you know eventually we got to the moon same thing with uh, the music industry the music industry had to learn how to fly uh, so we had some casualties along the way but we've managed to do it and now we've got this massive, mega, multinational industry, you know, where people can play and people can do their music and mm -hmm. millions and millions and millions of people worldwide are involved. How about the Internet? How has that affected the revenue of the members of the musical industry, the music industry now? Uh, is well, pirating? massively so, hasn't it? Massively so. I mean, mm -hmm. my book's out on our phones, yeah, as an app on our phones. Uh, there was a story put by uh, Reuters about it because it's a bit of a first, you know, with me reading the book and the book being simultaneously published by a Canadian publisher. I ECW, say, yeah. E ECW Press out of Toronto. And they, may I also say, a small company, but they've been fantastic to me. I could not have asked for a better support and, uh, and care. They've been great. And thank you to everyone at ECW. But, you know, it came out simultaneously as an ad and as a book, you know, so that got written about by Reuters. That went out to 28,000 people. The next day, it was on 100,000 websites. And today, uh, I just checked, it's on 720,000 websites worldwide. That's a lot of people. So the net brings information to millions of people very quickly. I mean... What the what the uh, you know long term what the effects of that will be in terms of how many apps are sold or books are sold I don't know but one thing is for sure if you've got something good and it goes out on the net then a lot of people know about it and I think that you know that's the wave of the future books book people always love books of course because they love the tactile thing of touching a book and turning over mm -hmm. pages and owning it but I think that the internet. And e-books, electronic books, is it's going to be the the way of the future. 
and also going to be the way in which uh, music itself is distributed. And of course, we're in a very you know volatile situation in the music industry now. It's an interesting period to be alive in because the model of how you make music, how you market it, is in flux. It's changing, you know, and the, and the net is having a major, major effect on that. What about piracy? You know the piracy of of people downloading or or the, these uh, these servers that have uh, sharing capabilities where one person buys the music and it's distributed free around yeah. the world. That must that must that must be affecting the uh, the artists. Well, definitely, it's affecting the artists and it'll affect the book trade. And uh, you know, piracy affects everybody, whether it's piracy on the high seas or mm-hmm. piracy on the internet. I think you know over over time it'll settle down. You know what I mean? And I think one of the things is that is if you made stuff, if you put stuff out there at the right price, mm-hmm. I think privacy becomes less of I mean, piracy yeah. becomes less of an issue. You know, it's available people at, at the right price. People are prepared to pay you know a fair price and for a fair product, as it were. If they really like the music, sure they'll they'll pay for the music sure. as long as. They're not being ripped off. People don't want to pay $35 for a CD. You know, I always said about CDs, when CDs first came out, my whole thing was they should put CDs out of $5 a CD. That would be a fair price for them. Plus, they would have sold trillions of them, mm-hmm. and piracy wouldn't have become an issue. Piracy became an issue because CDs were put out and cost $30, and people went, hang on a sec, that's a rip-off. Yep. I'll get it over here for free. You know what I mean? I've always thought that if you do the right price on things, people will buy it. So that's what I've done with my uh, my iPhone app. It's nine ninety nine, and my book's about seventeen bucks, fifteen dollars. You know, this is like the, the, you know reasonable pricing. I think it's a pricing issue. The kids don't want to spend a fortune. You that's know, right. Off prices for things. So if things are priced fairly, they'll sell fairly. If they're not priced fairly, then piracy becomes an issue. It'll all get sorted out in the wash. The internet's still quite young to mm-hmm. these these things, you know. In the end, it'll all achieve a balance. It's all about supply and demand. It is indeed. It is. And if the supply side is too expensive, then the demand side will look for something that's cheaper. Yeah. Sam, what do you want people to leave with after they've read your book or listened to your book on the iPhone app? What's your message? My message is really is that some of the... My message is this. You can deal with situations, be it murders at rock and roll shows or dealing with big artists like the Rolling Stones, the Grand Danish, Jimmy, whatever. Mm -hmm. You can bring to that a kind of basic humanity. You can be a decent person and deal with people decently. The world, you know, the world is a better place if you deal with people decently. So that's what I try to do in my personal life in dealing with these artists. I try to be a decent guy, stand-up guy, you know what I mean? He told the truth, he saw it, and, and did what he had to do. Uh, on a, what would I like people to get from my book? I'd like people to get from my book a really honest of how the music business actually is, how it was in the 60s and 70s. That's not, you know, just, you know, cheap trash. Look at it all. Something that's a, a bit deeper and, dare I use the word, a slightly more mm-hmm. profound analysis of how it was, how the people are, how Janice was as a person, you know, how J. 
Jerry Garcia was as a, how Mick was as a person, how Keith was as a person. Real, genuine, no nonsense view of those people that's honest. And uh, I love those people. So I've never, I've not said anything nasty or bad about any of them. I love the people. I think they were great musicians who brought fantastic amounts of pleasure to millions of people worldwide. People are interested to know how who these people are, mm-hmm. what they were really like. And I think from my book, people will get a, good, a really good, you know, flavor of who these people were. Did the death of John Lennon affect the way that superstars like the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead uh, dealt with their fans? I don't think it really did. I mean, the Grateful Dead have been slightly different to the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones have always, you know, got millions of fans, but, you know, the Rolling Stones are kind of have to put up with some levels of hysteria. The Grateful Dead are just funky. They just talk to anyone, you know what I mean? So uh, the death of John Lennon had a killing effect, there's no question. But, you know, the 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 music business has known for a long time that there are nutters out there. It was a very sad and, uh, yeah, it was a horrible, horrible thing that something like that should have happened. It shocked everyone deeply. But it didn't shock anyone any more deeply than... You know, the death of Jimi Hendrix or the death of Janice. Our generation has paid a serious price, you know, for our pleasures. And some of of the people who brought the greatest amount of pleasure, you know, paid the price. So we're aware of that. People in the music industry are aware of that. You know, it's part of of life. There's There's always bad things happening as well as good things. So, yeah, we're aware of it. We don't dwell on it. But it's a sad, sad, apparently sad uh, thing that somebody who's a creative artist like that should have to pay that kind of price. Sam, stand by. You and I have to take our final break. Sam Cutler is my special guest, Exo Nation. You Can't Always Get What You Want is his new book. It's available through our good friends at ECW Press. Their website is www.ecwpress.com. And check out Sam's website. He blogs on it all the time at www.samcutler.com. Exxon Nation, it's a great book for all you rockers out there, of which I'm one of them, going back way back when. It's a must for your library. You can't always get what you want. SamCutler.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. Sam Cutler is my special guest. His book is You Can't Always Get What You Want. And it's available uh, from the good people at ECW Press. Their website is www.ecwpress.com. And to find out all about Sam and uh, his blogs are available to each and every one of you who take the time to go out to this website, buy your book, visit history, www.samcutler.com. 
www.samcutler.com. That's www.samcutler.com. Sam, what was it, what was the difference between working for the Rolling Stones and working for the Grateful Dead? Wow, that's a big question. Well, the Grateful Dead, you know, you go on the road on the road with the Grateful Dead. Uh-huh. You're never quite sure who you were with. It was eighty or ninety people, and it was uh, loosely called the family, the Grateful Dead family. So mm-hmm. it was wives, girlfriends, Holy daughters, God. sons, uh, equipment guys. It was always this kind of amorphous blob of people. Whereas the Rolling Stones was a bit more organised. I mean, the Grateful Dead that supported directly supported about eighty people. There was their family, you know. The Rolling Stones supported the Rolling Stones. You know, took the money and off to Switzerland, put the money in the bank. Mm-hmm. The Grateful Dead were very loose compared to the Rolling Stones, so it did take some getting used to going from a kind of highly structured organisation like the Rolling Stones, where Mick basically made all the decisions because Keith was on the missing list in those years. Yeah. And with Grateful Dead, you could never actually get a decision out of anyone because there was 80 people that wanted to have an opinion or wanted to express an opinion. So I used to have meetings with the Grateful Dead, and I'd look around and think, well, who the hell are all these people? You know, I can't have a meeting with 80 people to discuss what the tour dates are going to be. So we used to have some fair old rows about that. One meeting, I was at a meeting, and I, we, I managed to get it down to about 40 people, and I was looking around, there was a guy sitting there, and I said, well, who's that guy? And there was nobody who he was. And it transpired that he was a hippie who'd walked into the office off the street and thought, oh, well, this looks interesting, and he just sat down in our meeting. So that was quite funny. Anyway, that got everyone to realise that, you know, we needed to structure things a little bit more. So in the Rolling Stones, highly structured, the Grateful Dead, very loose and uh, unstructured. So that, for sure, was a major difference. Sam, uh, this hour has gone by so fast. First of all, I'd like to thank you very much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to be with us here in the X-Zone. My pleasure, buddy. My pleasure, for sure. I love to, you know, I love to support things like what you're doing, man, which is a kind of cutting-edge technology thing and an internet thing. So good on you, and it's been lovely to be with you. Sam, let our listeners know where they can find out more about you. Promote your website. Tell them about your book and where they can get it. Well, you can get my book. Uh, you can get it at bookshops, you know, which is the old-fashioned way. You can get it online. You can get it via uh, ECW Press. You can get it on Amazon. And, of course, it's on iPhone as an application. Uh, the, that's simple. And I, the iPhone app, I, I uh, read the whole book. So you can drive, drive across Canada, Africa, America, Russia, China, listening to me read the book to you. And we'd love you to comment on the book. If you buy the, the book as an app on iPhone, don't forget to put in a comment on iPhone, you know, telling us how you mm-hmm. like the book. And uh, there it is. It's out there. It's the truth. It's about the 60s and hopefully young people today and uh, the grandparents and the, and the parents will enjoy it. Sam Cutler, thank you very much, my friend. Take care of yourself, Sam, and I look forward to the next time you and I chat here in the X-Zone. Hey, man. Lovely being on the X-Zone. Thanks so much. Take care, Sam. Sam Cutler, www.samcutler.com. We'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend... This is us saying, thank you. 
Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.